Welcome everyone to the Really Big Fan Podcast. I am your host, Chizuck, joined as always by my co-host and wife, Acronym. What up? And uh, we've got quite a show set up for you today. I'm surprised you are awake. I know. I'm having a hard time with being awake right now. Between three days of movement this past weekend, and then you went and shot something else last night, mm-hmm. I had texted you yesterday afternoon to say about our interview that we had to do for this this week's show, and I didn't get a text back, and I was like, oh, she's in a coma. Yeah. No, I looked at it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably double check. <laughs> I rolled over and just didn't respond. I sent her a message, so... Today we will have on Sam Nork, who is a concert photographer and is a avid Blink-182 fan that has seen them 17 times oh my God. since 2016. What is the band that you've seen the most times? Uh, it, it was Blink. Now I think it's um, it might be tied with Rise Against. Really? And I've photographed Rise Against the most. And what's the number? Uh, five times with Rise Against, seeing them, four times shooting them. So five. Yeah. Okay. That's why I said five times seeing them. Four of those times, times you shot shooting them. I, w- I was confused yeah. by the math. Sorry. So. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not really a math guy, you know. <laughs> I, I've seen the Smashing Pumpkins four times and I think they're the band I've seen the most. I feel like, wait, maybe Dropkick Murphys too. Yeah, I'd mean, have to count how many Dropkick Murphys. I've never photographed them though. Right. Every single time I've gone, That's I've either fallen into tickets or gotten really? like somehow I'm always at the Dropkick Murphys show, That's even if I don't plan on being there. It's a weird phenomenon. Pointing out the fact that 17 is a lot. Well, well, she goes to multiple dates too because she's kind of friends with Mark. So she's able to kind of go. To- How did that not come up in conversation? Because she probably didn't want to be that person. My goodness. He's a nice little sweetheart. All so. right. Well, we, we do have a fantastic interview set up for you. Before we get there, though, you know what comes first is headlines. I shared a couple of these this weekend on our own uh, Twitter, really big fan pod. Um, But the mugshot of Barbie and Ken, (laughs) part of the latest trailer, turned into the latest meme where people were posting their ships. And uh, it's been fantastic. I've loved uh, every single one of them, even the ones for shows like Avatar The Last Airbender that I don't understand. I'm just like, (laughs) this is great. I love this meme. Yeah, it's it's weird how Twitter works because that did not show up on my feed at all, and it was all over your feed. It was all, it, over, it, my... it was all over it. Yeah. So it it's really interesting how that works sometimes because like I'm into the same stuff you are, but somehow I didn't find that. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, some great stuff. I will continue to post those on the uh, on the really big fan Twitter as I see them. I tried to uh, restrict myself to one a day, <laughs> but. I mean, tweets have a shelf life for like a minute, so you're fine. All right. Well, no worry about that. Uh, I got one for you. This one's a little explicit, but kind of hilarious. I okay. was laughing about it last night. So there is a big uproar to do about Taylor Swift dating the 1975's Matt Healy. Okay. It's been kind of a thing. He's a dirt ball that has like said some pretty horrible derogatory things about people on podcasts in the past. And that really doesn't go with her image. And now she's doing a collaboration with someone he was talking smack about, Ice Spice. Yeah. And now people are accusing her of using it as damage control to keep them from getting in trouble. And she's already moving in with this guy. She's been dating him for probably like a month. It's it's after her six-year breakup ridiculousness, right? So Azalea Banks enters the chat, who... She causes a lot of problems. She's more known for her feuds than she is actually doing music. Okay. What connection does she have to any of these people so far? Absolutely fucking nothing. Okay. So this is about to be hilarious. She puts this in her Instagram story. Retired supermodel girlfriend. Taylor, this guy is going to give you scabies. He's not on the level of powerful puss you worked hella hard to build. Ugh. So many much cooler people in music to work with. You should really tap James Mercer from The Shins. James Mercer is honestly one of the best lyricists ever. Yes, Taylor Swift with Black Wave, Australia by The Shins vibes is the tea, sis. Ugh, this dude is full incel. You cannot be letting him climb white coochie mountains, sis. 
the, the right the rich white coochie mountain sis is <laughs> i missed a word there so that that is azalea banks weighing in on taylor swift's love life that is wild so she's basically dating the modern equivalent of one of the gallagher brothers kind of yeah which is funny because now i think it's liam is now in an argument with matt too oh, because of that whole thing that I remember I was really geeked about the fact that like so Matt from or uh, yeah Matt from 1975 was doing a podcast and he was talking about how Oasis could be the biggest band in yes. the world had they not broken up and he was like stop modding like and doing all this stuff so it's been a constant joke for like Spin Mag where they'll share like whatever they're saying so apparently somebody asked Liam Gallagher or Nolo Gallagher not sure which one about the Matt Healy situation, he said, his band sucks and he needs to break up with his band. And like, like just so completely annihilated him in one sentence. And that was it. So that's crazy. Yeah. So and it's like Oasis is just never going to get back together. Never. Like, never, ever, ever <laughs> getting back together. But um. Well, the other thing I saw on Twitter this morning is there's an official trailer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem uh-huh. comes out in August. I was showing it to you before we uh, before we started. I am entertained by how into it you are. I'm so stoked. It looks so cute. And like the voice cast is insane. It's got uh, Seth Rogen, John Cena, Gene and Carlo Esposito, Maya Rudolph. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Like it's it's going to be hilarious. And Trent Reznor and Atticus Roth have come out saying that they are the ones scoring the movie. So that news came was confirmed by way of Tony Hawk? What? <laughs> According to the article that I had seen. I did not know that. Yeah, because we'd seen Trent Reznor had been doing these videos with Oh, Tony yeah, Hawk. that's so funny, too. So I guess somebody had asked him, what are you doing hanging out with Trent Reznor? He's like, oh, while well, he's doing this turtle soundtrack, we just made a couple of fun videos. <laughs> this turtle soundtrack, like, no, out of nowhere. That's amazing. Yeah, if you have not seen that, go to Tony Hawk's page, because because he's still healing from his injury... Um, he's kind of doing that Snoop Dogg side quest thing right now. Yes. It's the Snoop Dogg, Stone Cold Steve Austin side quest party. Right. Because both of those, them, them do that, uh, where he's just showing up in random places. I showed Chuck a video of some guy made a half pipe out of chocolate and made skateboards. And yes. then Tony was eating them and, and playing with them on the ramp. It was really ridiculous. So he did a video where he was blowing by Trent Reznor down the street. And Trent Reznor is just like this fuck, yeah. And it's goddamn hilarious. <laughs> uh, switching over to gaming news, while everyone seems to be having a great time with the new Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, I haven't heard a single bad thing about this game. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. The flip side of that coin is no one likes the new Lord of the Rings Gollum game. Yeah. Oh my god. Nobody. The the memes of that right. is hysterical. Everybody's been talking about how he doesn't even look as good as Gollum does in the movies, mm-hmm. which came out a decade ago. Yep. Um apparently as a game it's just absolutely terrible. I saw the as I had a screenshot of this. Uh somebody said I'm glad the people writing the Gollum review headlines are having fun at least. Lord of the Rings Gollum review. We don't want it. We don't need it. Right. Lord of the Rings Gollum review. I hate it. And then Lord of the Rings Gollum review. Wear it, mash it, and stick it in the bin. <laughs> so the company that was responsible for putting it together, uh, the Dalek Entertainment, actually posted an apology for the game, saying that it failed to meet the expectations of players and devs alike. Now, here's where things get kind of wholesome. Because over on Twitter, game developers have started sharing testimonials on the worst games they've ever worked on and kind of in support of the people who have worked on this Gollum game, saying what I've said for years when it comes to any type of entertainment medium, no one sets out to make a turd. Right, exactly. Everyone, I'm sure there's plenty of people, whether it's music, whether it's movies, whether it's television shows, video games, there's plenty of people who have been knee deep in a project and went, oh, this is not going to (laughs) work. But the check is cashed. Yep. I have to finish this. I have been there. <laughs> yep. And uh, so, yeah, there's been people that talk, talked about work working on uh, one of the WWE 2K games 
uh, a late aliens colonial marines even the gotham knights game which a lot of people liked yeah uh, the people were like some of the people that worked at it were like you know the development was a night was a nightmare but at least you know we got this out of it kind of thing and that's what a lot of these developers are saying is that like even when you do work on a game that is as panned as golem is you have to learn to use it as a learning tool as like you know what did i what did i learn what doesn't work what does work yeah it's definitely like, i'm sure the people that did the sonic movie went through the same thing oh i'm sure you know that's that's the biggest one in recent memory that i can recall of like <laughs> graphics getting bullied Look how good those movies were yeah they turned oh out to God. be amazing once they retooled his design i don't think i could have watched it if they would have not retooled the design it was so creepy if, if you gave me the exact same movie and the only change you made was the original design was in it i still think the movie would have been good the movie was solid it's just been like uncanny valley to look at it a little bit but I like the redo that they did, and obviously, like they added tails and knuckles after the fact. So thank God that tails and knuckles don't look very like true. That version, very true. But uh, yeah, those movies are way better than they have any right to be. By the way, if way you better. have never watched them, I suggest you watch them both, if only to see Idris Elba as Knuckles because it's fucking hysterical so good it's so good <laughs> it's another one of those i can't believe i live in a time where there's a sonic there's two sonic movies and a super mario brothers movie all of them fantastic yeah yeah and that's why i said like with the the turtles one to go back to that for a second like if it is on anywhere near the same level as any of the spider verse movies like it's gonna be a we, good time we are getting such great things right now yeah <laughs> Uh, the other video game story I've got for you, League of Legends is a game that neither one of us play, but we do play Pokemon Unite, which is a which lot is a League like of that. Legends kind of thing. Um, Riot Games, who owns League of Legends, is threatening to cancel the entire summer season for North America because League of Legends players have decided to strike over the fact that um, they were looking to eliminate, uh, for, go from 16 teams to seven teams, which would cost about 70 people their jobs as either coaches or players or whatever as professional esports players um and the players were like oh we, we, we're not going to stand for that we're going on strike and riot games has come back by saying look we've got two weeks to work this out but if we don't work it out we're more than willing to just not have a summer season for anyone yeah. in north america they they pointed out that they've got um They've got esports leagues in other countries that are more financially viable. Yeah. Though North America might be extremely po popular. And um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Well, that's what it always comes down to in the sense because it's like, you know, if if it's not working out, we can just save money and not bother doing it for a little bit. Right. And that's, I mean, everything I feel like right now in the media is hardcore failing. Like I'm seeing, you know, all these different magazines go under. I know I mentioned to you that I saw that uh, there was a writer from Alt Press that I follow okay. and she got let go and she's like one of their top people. She like writes for Rolling Stone and stuff too. And just like and in the last couple of months, it's been like Vice and BuzzFeed have been cutting yeah. people. Yeah, Vice and Bu Vice is like going bankrupt and, you know, you're seeing like the strike and everything, like not to be on the down note, but it's just a very interesting time to see what's happening in the digital space all across it. No matter where you turn, something weird is happening. Yeah, for like, sure. So hopefully, you know, <laughs> Last bit of news I had for you is on the comic book side. So today is the day that the new Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue comes out. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It is the uh, is the death of a major character, um, but I won't spoil for for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. But uh, I looked on Twitter before we went online. The writer Zeb Wells, who I've been a fan of, he's done some good work on X-Men, um, is getting lit up all over Twitter. People are furious about this. Oh wow! Uh, people are are saying, "Don't hate by the issue." Don't give them money. Pirate the issue. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, like, people are just furious about, like, this character dying not even in their own book, in an amazing Spider-Man story, being collateral damage. Yeah. I mean, like like we said before, we think that we know where it's going to go. Right. Like, how it's going to pan out, and it's going to be, like, that person's going to not be dead. Yeah. But, it's comic books, so you it's know... Nobody stays dead, especially with Krakoa. Right. And, and the thing, the the last thing I wanted to talk about, I just found out about this while I was at the comic store yesterday. So a couple of years ago, 
there was only one distributor for comic book stores. It was Diamond Comics. You yeah. ordered all your comics through Diamond. And then somewhere close to the pandemic, uh, DC Comics decided to pull their comics from Diamond and go with a new distributor called, uh, I believe it's Lunar Distribution. Marvel saw that go down and went, well, then we're going to pull our stuff and we're going to go through with third. So your regular comic book store has to order through like three distributors right now. Yeah. Um, Image Comics mm -hmm. announced this week that as of September, they will be going through Lunar Distribution, which is the same one DC is doing, and will not have a physical catalog for you to order out of. You have to, distributors or comic book stores have to go to the website mm -hmm. and go through the catalog to order out of it there. Wow. Which is another one. Back in the day when I started collecting comics, there were two catalogs. Yeah. There was an advanced comics, it was called, and then there was the previews, which was the diamond catalog. You just, you know, whichever one you wanted is which what you I've got. I've always seen the previews one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Has been, diamond has been around. Eventually, advanced comics went away, and previews was diamond was just the thing that all the comic book companies went through. So it's like destabilizing their monopoly. But I know that um, I've seen a lot of people in the comic book community say that the problem with it is that... Um, some of these uh, particular distributors, I believe, though, it's specifically the one that Marvel goes through, have their own online store. Yeah. Which means they've essentially become the middleman for all of their competition. Yeah. And cut the middleman out for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm still surprised. Like, I know that there are certain um, brands that have it, but like, right. the, the online portion where you can actually look at stuff online versus doing it, like, I'm surprised that that's not more rampant but of course we don't want it to be because you know support your local comic book stores yeah and i i think like with the physical catalog thing too that it's definitely a, a thing that like comic book readers are just used to the ritual of going to the store but that's the other big part that image moving to lunar distribution is is that lunar distribution says you can sell the comics on tuesday mm -hmm. instead of wednesday which is when diamond says is the street date for all the comics which means if image is moving now, DC and Image Comics will be available on Tuesday at your local comic book store. And Marvel and everybody else will be on Wednesday. And it's just, it's kind of another hole in the wall mm -hmm. of, of that water is coming through that, like, eventually it's all going to shift to Tuesday. Well, yeah. And you're going to have that whole feeling, too, of, like, if they can do all those shifts, what's to say that they don't just shift to online after a certain point, too? Yeah. Like, for them to pull their entire distribution to go to another place is pretty crazy. It is. It is kind of a like it's a it's a weird inside baseball thing. If you're uh, if you own a comic book store or you work at a comic book store that like it may not necessarily be something that's on your mind as a reader or a buyer. But it's all I found out through somebody who was buying comics at the store. Yeah. It was like, hey, are the image comics available today? Because they're going through a new dis distributor. And I'm like, I have not heard that. So I came home and looked it up. I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's all the headlines I've got. You got anything? Nope. I got nothing else so far. So let's go right to our interview. We're going to talk to Sam Nork, concert photographer and avid Blink-182 fan, next. <laughs> Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast, and today we have on my good friend Sam Nork. We talk about concert photography and Blink-182. We have a really silly group chat with some of the other photographers that has a very like very weird picture of uh, Gerard Way on it. Sam Nork, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Doing good. Um, so we were going to talk a little bit about Blink and concert photography. So where do you want to start? Yes. Um, dang, I don't know. I feel like the two kind of go hand in hand for me um, because the first show I ever shot was Blink. Um, so which is really crazy to even say and think about. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I don't even know where to start. Where do you want to start? <laughs> so is Blink your favorite band? Yes, they are my favorite band of all time. Uh, I love them so much. <laughs> And the first show you shot was a blank show. Yes. So why did you shoot anymore? Um, <laughs> true. Um, I don't know because I... So um, originally I was just going to that show because I just wanted to see Blink, um, obviously, because I love them. Um, it was in 2016. I was about to enter uh, my senior year of high school. Um, and I was like dabbling with photography, um, just trying to... Just starting to get into it. Um 
had an idea. I was like, oh, what if I shot photos at that show? I was like, haha, that never happened. Um, I did not know how to ask for a photo pass. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Um, so I just Googled it and I was like, how do I do this? Um, I ended up reaching out to the venue and then they helped me um, get in touch with Blink's publicist. And then that's how I was able to ask for a pass. Um, and I was like, this is not going to work. I shot the show for my high school newspaper. I was like, I'm sure for my high school newspaper. I was like, this isn't going to work. It's fine. Um, but then they emailed me back like the day of the show, the morning of, and they were like, okay, you have a pass. This is where you go pick it up and everything. I'm like, I freaked out. Um, and it was, it was an amazing experience. And I just feel like that that really sparked my interest in it. And then I just started doing more of it and I just really fell in love with it. Um, it probably helps that I was shooting one of my favorite bands, but that just really, I just never knew that I would be able to do anything like that or that I would like something like that. Um, so being able to get to do it was just, it was incredible. It was a great experience. And I'm so thankful for it. So you got kind of got that bug when you did it and then yeah. you're like, oh, I need to keep going, which is awesome, you know, in certain situations, because a lot of people don't understand how like the photo pass thing mm-hmm. works and stuff like that. So usually there are two like different, um, I'm just give a, l- a little bit to the audience here. Yeah. So there are two different ways, or I guess three that you can get into this where you either are writing for a publication and you're requesting a, a media photo pass to shoot the show, or if you're asking for a ticket to write about the show for a specific outlet. Um, another way is if you are the house photographer in the venue that you're working at so whether that's you know a pine knob or Fillmore or st andrews or something like that and then there are also hired positions where you can go and tour um with a specific band and those are a little bit harder to get into just because of the fact that a lot of people are vying for those positions but also a lot of tours want experienced touring photographers already and that goes back to, you know, that adult adage that we have as millennials and zillennials of like, how do I get the, you know, the experience if I don't do the thing, but I can't get into the thing because I need the experience, you know, so you have to find yeah. people that are willing to take a chance on it. And at least it, it worked out in your favor in terms of writing for the newspaper and being able to get in on the on that, because that's a big deal, especially for a high school student. Yeah, it was crazy. I just didn't know if I would get in or not because like even after that I had I was I've been denied for shows for years and I'm like I'm like how the heck did I get in for my high school newspaper for Blink-182 and I'm denied for like an actual publication for like a smaller band. But it just it just happens. It's all random and it's all wild. Um it's changed a lot over the years too because like I started shooting in like 2015 and it was a random situation where like I I was shooting smaller bands and this and that. And I think that I had applied to shoot I Prevail before and I shot like their first three big shows before they blew up. But beyond that, it was like I ended up getting in touch with like a specific PR person that was hiring me to go and shoot shows um, paid shows for a little bit and Our Lady Peace was the first one that I got to do. Oh, that. Nice. I got to shoot their full set right out the gate which was amazing and I had a great time doing it and I had been the person that had always like taken pictures as a teenager like 13 years mm-hmm. on. So it was one of those like people were already used to seeing me take pictures of bands from my high school because we would do that on the weekends. So I had kind of a little bit of step from that side of things, but I didn't get into it more so until like 2015, 2016. And tickets used to be cheaper back then as well, which is a big thing that we've been talking about in like the concert industry, too, is like how expensive tickets are. And that also does make it more difficult for a lot of us to apply. You know, you we've got a good group of people that we always talk to. And, you know, there are some days where, you know, like our friend Alex Geschel just got Summerfest this year, but got denied for Taylor Swift. So it's like you never know what's going to really pan out and what doesn't. Yeah, it's random. It's wild. Um, You've gone to some, too. You've gone to like different dates and out of state. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, I guess like shooting wise, like I'll just apply to dates that are like out of the state because sometimes the people that I shoot for, um, somebody's already shooting the one that's in Michigan. And I'm like, I really want to do this show. So I'm like, I will travel for it. Um, So I'll do that. Um, 
and I like going to different states and going to different venues. Um, obviously, you have to figure out like where the box office is and how to pick up the tickets and how to pick up the passes and all that. So that's kind of stressful sometimes, but it's fun and it's cool to shoot um, new venues and meet new people there. I always get questioned when I go to new states. They're like, who are you? Why are you here? I've never seen you here before. And I'm like, I'm not from here. I promise I'm not I'm not a new person, but I'm new here. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm not interloping on your area. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> One time thing, man. <laughs> You've um, you when you traveled before, didn't you shoot Jimmy World, or were you just yeah into okay? Yeah, I was. I was originally just going to those shows because I just wanted to go because I love them so much. Um, but I ended up shooting a few of the shows too. I think two of them. I went to four dates in a row, four shows, four days in a row. Um, and I shot two out of the four. So it was cool. Um. Awesome. Is there one of your favorites, right? Yes. Yeah, they're probably my second favorite band. Blink is always number one. <laughs> so have you shot any bands that you were like lukewarm about? Like going in, you were like, eh, I guess I'll I'll shoot them. It'll be practice or something like that. And then ended up being like, wow, those guys are great. Yeah. Um, I shot uh AJR. Um, when did I shoot them? I think it was last year. I'm trying to think. I think it was last year or the year before that. No, it was 2021. I saw them yeah, at 2021. Um, it was September of 2021. They were in Grand Rapids and I was like, I'll go shoot them. I had seen them before and I was like, yeah, they're they're okay. Um, so I shot them and I don't know why, but that performance blew me away so much. And then they announced another tour for the summer and I ended up traveling for that too to go see them. They were so good. They're amazing. Um, they're very so, good instrumentally and stuff. Yes, it's crazy. They put on such a great live show too. Like just everything that goes into it they're very entertaining they're like probably one of the best live shows i've seen you have another question um <laughs> i'll throw it to you just in uh, case no keep going <laughs> keep going it's fine um so out of out of the stuff that you shoot i like i know this more so but like for the audience do you typically do more rock music or do you kind of cross genres um so i feel like i've I've like niched down and I don't want to. I want to expand more, but I feel like I do more like I do mostly pop punk alternative uh, style bands and artists. Um, but I want to do like more like electronic and like rap. I've never wandered into that territory, but I want to do more stuff over there. I don't want to like I don't want to be a one trick pony. I want to like go and do other genres. Um but yeah, hopefully I'll get a chance to do that. It's kind of getting a little rough out here. I feel like I've been denied for a lot of shows recently and it's kind of making me now want to apply to other ones. But I got to keep going. You got to keep doing it. Stay positive. It's like they at the end of the day, it's random. Yeah. Don't ask. The answer is always no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't ask, you'll never know. Yeah. You just so... have to ask every time and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Our mutual friend Jacob Giappa always tells me is like, just gotta keep applying, man. Yeah. You just gotta keep doing it. He's so chill. <laughs> just keep going. He's the most chill out of every friend that we have, and he's yeah. Just, you just gotta keep going, man. And we're just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna quit. I want to delete everything I've ever done. <laughs> he he really is. He's the, he's. I'll use the phrase that my friend Kate always says about her husband. It's like, uh, uh water just goes off his back like a duck. Like. Yep rarely gets angry he had something happen to his hard drive and that's probably the most frustrated i've seen him and he was just like man i can't edit my photos because my hard drive <laughs> he just doesn't get mad so he's, he's our constant cheerleader in trying to keep going because <laughs> a lot of True. times it does it does wear on you and that is like a psychological part of it that people also don't realize about concert photography is that like when you miss out on somebody or you get denied for somebody you really want like it can be very heartbreaking. And I'm like, I'm having that this year already because I did not get to do Blink this year. And then I also, their Paramore's already maxed out. And those were like two that I really wanted this year. And yeah. sometimes just wreck your entire confidence if, you know, you have imposter syndrome or anything like that going like, oh man, I'm not good enough to get in there. But really it, when you boil it down and you look at it, especially if you know like who's shooting and who's not, it really is like first come, first serve sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people have relationships and networking. And that's like something that I know you have is that you have connections with certain bands that you're able to do a lot more with them because of those relationships. And I think that's something that people don't on honestly know very much about. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Wish I 
had more relation. I don't know. I need to talk to people more. Also, I I struggle with like I got that social anxiety. It's hard sure. to like put myself out there and talk to people. People are like, oh, you need a network. You need to talk to people. I'm like, I don't have time. I don't want to do that. Like I'm weird and nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I do that too. And people have gone to like either like you or Jacob or something and been like, she looks mean. I don't want to talk to her. And I'm like, I'm just over here with my resting bitch face trying to not get in any yeah. way. Like, it's yeah, I'm so awkward. Or sir. If you didn't you look like you you'd like shoulder somebody and be like, step back. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm chronically trying to stay out of everyone's way at all times. <laughs> I can help it. I'm that person that was fighting through the crowd at movement yesterday going, sorry, sorry. I, I like to oh. someone and knock their drink out of their hand. Oh, I'm like, oh. sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I think later. I I'll buy you another drink. Answered this, but I'm curious between the two of you, what was it out of all the things that you could be photographing, whether it's sports or, you know, animals or wildlife photography, what was it about photographing bands that you were like that's what i want to do like do you remember your earliest memory of like yes that that is what that aha moment right yeah do you know what you me go um i don't know if i i feel like growing up i've always liked i've always like loved and liked music um uh, my dad like introduced me to a lot of bands growing up i remember like in second grade he introduced me like guns and roses and like aerosmith foo fighters um so I really started to listen to those bands really early on in my life. Um, so I've always really loved music. Uh, I was never a sports person. I never liked sports. Um, I just feel like I gravitated towards music more than anything. Um, I never thought that I could take photos at shows. I never, I didn't even know that was a real job. I, I don't know why I didn't think that was a real job. I just thought those photos just showed up. I'm like, oh, those are cool pictures. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Like people actually do take those photos and that's like a job. I just never, it never crossed my mind until like I actually did it once. And I was like, whoa, I'm like, could I do this forever? Could this be a job? Um, technically, it's still not my job, but I love doing it regardless if I'm paid or not. It would be cool if I got paid, but um regardless if I'm paid or not, I still love doing it. That's kind of the boat that we're we're all kind of in right now out of our friend group is that all of us are applying as media professionals. Mm -hmm. And whether we're writing for somebody or like Jacob and I have our own sites that we write for and stuff like that. So we're not the same as what the touring concert photographers are, or the house photographers are doing. A lot of them, they just edit pass the photos along and go so with us. It's like we're writing reviews. We're posting photos, doing stories. And I, I know that sometimes that gets a, a little stressful for the non-writers that are wanting to do this, because a lot of the time now it used to be you could apply just to be a photographer and, mm -hmm. and, and take the photos and be done with it. Now they want media coverage. They want to make sure it's going to an audience. So it's gotten a lot more difficult as time's gone on. And then like as far as like my side to answer like your question, I have like two really like identifiable moments for me. And the first one was that Our Lady Peace concert where they like were like, you know, you get to shoot the whole show. And I didn't realize how big of a deal that was when it was happening. And there happened to be another concert photographer there who used to work for the radio station we worked at a long time ago. And he like had toured with Metallica and done a bunch of different stuff. And he's like, wait, how did you get like full set access? And I was like, I got hired by them. And he's like, wow, like you're, you're just starting out. Like, that's awesome. And he was so geeked for me. Um, And that like watching the set, I was kind of like, you know, I'm shooting and I'm doing whatever. But like the first aha moment really hit me when they played somewhere out there. And that was a song that I was obsessed with in middle school, loved Our Lady Peace. And it was like, I'd heard all these other songs before. And I was like, yeah, you know, I love all this. But then when that song hit, I just kind of like popped out my phone and I recorded part of it or whatever. And I was like, I'm never going to be the same again. I like something about it. Like you can see my legs, they're goose bumping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, never going to be the same again. I can never watch a show the same again. And then that was reaffirmed for me the first time that I did Riff Fest and shot Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is like one of my favorites. I was really stoked to see him because I'd seen him in 2010 at Rock on the Range, which is essentially now Sonic Temple-ish. But um, they 
hit, hit the lights and he came out and he walked right up to where I was. And it was just like I was right underneath this guy and he's doing super beast. And I'm just I kind of got a little stunned for a second, but like I was still shooting. But then I was looking through my camera and just going, yeah, there, there's no coming back from this. I have to shoot. Yeah. And he says, impossible. I can never. Sh- I, I I get weird when I'm at shows now. And like he even said that for Blink when I got denied. It was like, OK, well, do you want to go? We can go. Or are you going to be sad the whole time? You're there? Yeah. Not gonna be like, uh, and then I'm like zooming in, trying to see who's shooting at the soundboard from all the way. I'm like, who got in and not? It's very because you've talked you've said a couple of times about how you guys have a group where you all kind of lift each other up. But there is also this like this undercurrent of competition and envy. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's always how it is, though. And it, I, I go to some shows sometimes where I'm not shooting, and I feel weird. I'm like, why? What am I doing here? Like, I'm going here to enjoy this? No, I want to shoot. Like, and I, I do enjoy it when I'm shooting, but like, it's just weird going to a show and not shooting. It's like, it feels. I, there was one where it was like, my, uh, what was it? Motion City soundtrack. I went with one of my friends. We bought tickets. It was like, they were doing, um, commit this to memory in full. It's like one of my favorites. And it was like an album that we both really like latched onto. So when I saw they were coming, I was like, dude, we got to go. We got to go. And she was, you're not going to shoot. And I'm like, no, I want to experience this with you. I want to sit down and like eat our deep fried Oreos because I used to make that while we would play the music in my house and just like have a good time, you know. And then I'm up in the balcony and I'm looking down and I go, are you serious? There's no one shooting? There's not a single person shooting the sh- What is going on? And I remember posting to Facebook and like not a single one of y'all decided to shoot motion city soundtrack what is wrong with all of you oh my gosh (laughs) irritated i'm like and Catherine's just like laughing at me because she is going like oh you just have that itch and i'm like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine (laughs) and it's gonna be the same thing because we have tickets for death cab and postal service and i'm definitely gonna be sitting there like i won't be down there i won't be down so um what are your if you feel comfortable sharing like what are your goals for this do you have any specific thing that you would like to do a specific band you want to shoot full time oh well we already know the answer to that (laughs) (laughs) you want that blink man i would love to shoot blink full time i think that'd be so fun i just I love them so much, um, but that would probably never happen, but that's okay. Or any band that Mark Hoppus is involved in, I don't care what he does as long as... Before reunion! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would die. I want him to do that so bad. I'm about to, like, tell him to do, like, one more plus 44 show. I think that they should get together, do one more show, play the album front to back, and then that's it. Then they can put it to rest. Right. I want them to do that yeah. for, like, a When We Were Young do plus 44 and then do boxcar racer oh like because then we would be set with both of or like have angels and airwaves too yeah fine with doing too but those are all their side projects so like it would be great to see all of those one more time i know that tom has teased before like new boxcar racer stuff yeah be excited to hear some of that but he seems very invested in angels and airwaves and obviously to the stars because Everybody in the world that mocked him for aliens owes him an apology. Yeah, they're real. <laughs> he got the government to admit they're <laughs> unidentified flying objects. We all need to say sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is my standpoint on that. And then um, what are I would say, what is some advice that you would give to like an up and coming photographer mm-hmm. that like wanted to get into the scene or like something that you learned the hard way that you'd like to share? Yeah. Um, so if somebody wants to get into this, uh, I would just, I guess everybody's journeys are different. And I've learned that throughout just talking to other people. Some people start shooting like bands locally and they just go to small venues, bring in their camera where they don't need a photo pass and they don't need to ask anybody for permission. Some people do that. And then some people just apply for something and hope that they get it, um, without having like previous experience or a portfolio. Sometimes it happens. I don't know. It's ever, it's different for everybody. So if you want to get into it, just start doing it. Um, don't 
think that you're not ready or don't think that you're going to be terrible because maybe you are terrible at first because I was terrible at first. Looking back at the photos from my first show, I'm like, what the heck are these? Like, these are terrible. Um, but it just comes, you'll just get better over time if you keep doing it. Um, practice makes perfect. Um, I think anybody can do it. Um, there's no, you don't have to have any like previous experience or anything. You just have to jump in and do it. You'll get better as time goes on, or maybe you'll be amazing at first. I don't know. Who knows? Everybody's different. Um, but just do it. Don't be scared. It is kind of scary sometimes. It's scary going to shows. I going to shows alone is sometimes scary too. I never used to go to shows alone. I always used to like bring a friend or my parents would go with me. Um, but now I go to shows alone all the time. And honestly, I think it might be better that way because it's just you're there to experience it and shoot photos and have a good time. It's fun. Oh, and wear earplugs. Do yeah. not not wear earplugs because oh, yes. I yeah, I didn't do that for my first few years of shooting. And I'm pretty sure uh, I've damaged my ears a little bit. But now I wear those plugs and it's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback off of what you yeah. Here too, because you're talking about, you know, like just just try it and you know, don't be you you just have to keep practicing or whatever. I started like smaller bands, smaller venues, applying through openers, stuff like that. And I, I realize a lot of people get hung up on the gear aspect of it. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Thing. And so I wanted to kind of touch base on that of like you can have the the base level gear and still do a great job. True. It does help to have better gear, but you don't have to have better gear is kind of what I'm saying. I've seen some killer point and shoot shots from the Taylor Swift mm -hmm. currently that are amazing. And obviously point and shoots have, you know, completely expanded as the years have gone by. But I started on a Canon T3 and I rode that thing until it died. And the best advice I have when it comes to gear is just invest in your lenses Mm -hmm. get good glass the body you can upgrade as time goes on when you can afford it or whatever i also buy pretty much everything used with the yep me too one body that i have right now currently i have a sony uh seven a seven r2 and that is the only camera i have ever bought brand new other than that t3 everything else has been used off of amazon and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you can afford yeah um I've facebook told marketplace is your friend Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. He's been telling me Facebook Marketplace for, mm -hmm. for lenses. I know that uh, there was one guy that apparently was just buying lenses on his credit card to get the points and then selling them on Facebook Marketplace. He's taking his wife to Italy and stuff like that. Oh my God. So like people are doing the hustle, but it works out for him because then he can sell it to local photographers. Um, so that definitely helps. And then I've also, it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but if you do have something like a Sony and lenses are crazy out of reach and cost for you, you can get adapters to mm -hmm. connect a Canon lens, a Nikon lens, what have you. And I use a Canon Tamron uh, 70 to 200 2.8 and I attach it to an adapter and attach it to my Sony and that's how I get most of my photos. So you can do things that will save you money and don't let anybody else tell you that like that doesn't make you a good photographer either. Yeah. There's a lot of snobbery that happens with some of this stuff. And yeah, I people will look at you in the pit like, what are you shooting oh, with? Yeah. You don't have two cameras. I never have had two bodies on me ever because I cannot afford that. I, I feel like I get weird looks from people. But maybe that's just me being myself because I think everybody thinks I'm weird or they're saying something there are about me. some photographers though that do get snobby about that right. I mean for the longest time like Jacob and I only had one body I still only have one body he had two yesterday at movement but oh, nice. a lot of people that do kind of look at you like oh you just must be a blogger or something like that mm -hmm. and not to sound cocky but when I get frustrated with that I'm just like I can outshoot all of you with one camera what do you want <laughs> they get it not to be an asshole, but sometimes I'm like, you know, I, I really can get, get shots with what I have. And that's why I'm trying to say that now for everybody else is that like you don't have to have all of these things and look at all of these seasoned old white men that are in the pit with you yeah. <laughs> because they're not doing the same job you are. They're not. You, every photo is going to turn out different because you got different eye. Mm -hmm. You know, everything will be different there. Yeah, it's the person who's taking it, not the gear that you have. Exactly. The eye, the editing, all that stuff. It's not about what you like the gear that you have. I shot with a Canon Rebel T5 for like 
ever. And then I finally upgraded to a 5D and I love it. It's amazing. Even that is old still too. Um, but oh, it's great. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have the Sony if my 5D Mark II would have crapped out, hadn't crapped out, but my shutter died and I was just, dang. hey, it's done. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Well, is there any other questions you might have? I love listening to you guys throw out like brand names and numbers and I have no context. Oh, yeah. You're like, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> Hilarious. If, if you're a camera person, right. it's it's definitely like, it would be, for example, like if you had like a T3, T5, that would be like getting an Ibanez from Kmart. Okay. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. Yeah. No, that's what but I was going to say. The, yeah. It sounds like from what you guys are saying that it's very similar to like, when you're a musician, you can't afford the thousand dollar guitar to start, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you're bad. Yeah. Like you can, yeah. it actually is better for you to start on the cheaper stuff because you have to, it's more about the skill that you have with the instrument at mm-hmm. that than it is about how good the, ins- how easy the instrument is to use. And that's what it sounds like. It sounds very similar with the, yeah. With the yeah. well, it definitely is. And there's a lot of people that, they look at it and they they're like, oh well, I don't have a good enough camera to do that, or I don't have, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some of sometimes where it can get a little dicey. Like if a show is really dark, you've experienced my irateness at a dark. Oh yes. Or yeah. me losing my mind going it's dark and there are a million fucking the people. red lights. Yeah, oh, the red, red lights. lights. Absolutely, and you have that happen. And if you don't have like low light lenses, you're gonna have a little bit of a struggle. Um, I always tell like new photographers, get a 50 millimeter. Mm-hmm. That is going to be your cheapest bet, like a 1.8 50 millimeter lens. You can probably find them for like 150 to 199 and it works out. Yeah. I guess the last thing I want to ask you, because you mentioned the Blink-182 mm-hmm. is your band. I've discovered as I've gotten older and seen some of my favorite bands multiple times that now... I will see a show from a band and it will be so good. I never want to see them again because I'm never going to see a show that good. How many times have you seen Blink? Uh, 17 now. 17 times. Yeah. <laughs> Blink, what was the tour that was the best Blink show you've seen? Oh, wow. Um, so I've only, I've the first time I saw them was 2016. So I've, I've seen them 17 times within what year is it? 2023. Yeah. How many years is that? Seven years? Seven Six? years. Um, I just saw them seven times in the past two weeks. So that's, that's what. <laughs> so by about like time four or five, you're like, yeah, I know the set list. I know the song is next. Yeah. This. I mean, the fire. Yeah, they've changed. Now. <laughs> the big inflatable rat is going. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. He's a bunny. I'm sorry. The bunny. The bunny and the. The bunny. Ambulance. The bunny. Yeah. Um, the stage. Yeah, we I couldn't see it. I didn't know what it was. Oh, okay. I feel like their stage setup is really cool too, because like you can watch from any angle, and there's something that you can see. Because like if you're on the floor, you can't see the. They have like the Blink logo on the ground. You can't see that when you're on the floor. So I've never even seen that. <laughs> yeah, the um, you you probably saw it from my shot because I was up in like I was behind the stage. Oh yeah, and way up there in the top. But I could see directly behind Travis. So I have all these videos of Travis drumming because yeah. I'm like, this is insane. He's my favorite drummer. Right? Yeah, he's so good. Exists. And I'm like, he's the best drummer. He's the fastest drummer. He's everything. And so I look at that. I'm like, this is honestly pretty cool. I can see exactly what Travis is doing. And look at the floor. And then yeah, buddy out there on the floor and everything else. And it's it's crazy to see it that way. And then from the flip side, as a photographer, when you're in those situations, like when we did My Chemical Romance, mm-hmm. walking onto that floor as at pit doing My Chemical Romance photography and you turn around and you see all these people there in black and red and they're cosplaying and the energy is just unparalleled. And I feel like I could if I could bottle that I could run 50 million marathons. Yeah. That was amazing. That was probably my favorite show I've probably shot. I mean, I love Blink. I love Blink so much. But then I got to shoot with all you guys, all my friends. And it was my chemical romance. And it was in the pit. We weren't at Soundboard. It was just all a mixture of everything. It was just it was just amazing. That was a core memory for all of us. I'm convinced that that forever cemented all of us as buddies. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, we're going to wrap up here. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. 
Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, uh, I am Sam at Sam underscore is underscore rocking. Um, that's also my Twitter handle, but I don't really use Twitter that much. Heck Twitter. <laughs> I should probably I should probably delete it. Um yeah. Um and then my website, my portfolio website is samisrocking.com. Um, you can contact me through there if you want any photos done, if you need any photos taken of your band or of yourself, let me know. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be right back with our serotonin boost. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you tell her ahead of time to mention her age as many times as possible to hurt me. No. Like just all my photographer friends are babies. She mentioned I went. She mentioned like being in your senior year of high school in 2016, and I spent the next five minutes doing the math. Oh, like oh my god, she's got the rest of her life ahead of her. No, literally all of them are children in my mind. I love them, and I I don't mean them in a bad like derogatory way, but like Jacob, I I knew Jacob before he turned 21. Uh, Sam is younger than he is. I yep. think Alex is 25. I don't know how old Wade is, but like that's our core group of people. I remember <laughs> being in like like a decade ago, being in my mid 30s and realizing that I was hanging out with a bunch of people that were like 10 years younger than yep. me. So I guess it's just a thing. <laughs> well, it's it's like the people that are my age have children. So right, <laughs> and I do not. So <laughs> I, I I have two fuzzy children, and I love them very mortgages. much. Yeah, yeah. Talk about mortgages. I mean, like, Laurel is, is definitely on the same plane as me, but sometimes, like, when I talk to Kate about stuff and we talk about, like, kids, I'm like, I I, I support you. I yeah. love you and I support you. I don't understand, though. <laughs> so. I appreciate that when I ignore our fuzzy children, it's not like child abuse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I feel like we're both way too busy to actually have actual Actual children and we're both also children so it's true we're just old children (laughs) speaking of old children i have a list of blank 182 song titles and i'm gonna quiz you oh no we're about to find out what i learned so so we didn't talk about any songs in particular but what we're gonna do is i came up with a list of uh like four set blocks of things and you have to tell me which one is not a blank 182 song okay so All right. this is a this is gonna be it's gonna be difficult. Okay. <laughs> All right. So they're gonna go in fours. All right. Okay. So first one is the rock show. Yep. Second is up all night. Mm-hmm. Third is automatic. Okay. Fourth is Reebok commercial. I know the rock show is one of their songs. Pretty sure up all night is one of their songs. So automatic and Reebok. I'm gonna say Reebok commercial is not real. <laughs> Are you kidding? Automatic. Automatic is, is, that... is the one I made up. All right. Yep. So I'm zero for one already. <laughs> I, I picked that one as a hard one because I was like, there's no oh, way man. he's going to think Reebok commercial is an actual thing. I believe that was either on Buddha or Dude Ranch. Oh, um, we got... He, I got an LA night. Yeah, I didn't. I was going to try and like turn those off for the podcast, but it's even funnier if they drop. <laughs> if they just drop in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> okay. The second one is Let Me Down. Stockholm syndrome, mutt, or abducted, abducted. I don't know any of these. Um, abducted. Yes. Hey. Yes. I thought I could get you with that one for aliens. One and one. All right. Yes. yes. Okay. Next one. Emo girl. Okay. The party song. Give me one good reason. And Los Angeles. I feel like Give Me One Good Reason is too many words in it. That's a Fall Out Boy song. <laughs> Final answer? That's Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Emo Girl was the fake Emo out. Girl. Give Me oh. One Good Reason. Give Me One Good Reason, I think, was on Edema of the State, I was, if I'm not mistaken. I was pretty good. Los a- I was pretty sure Los Angeles had to be a, an actual Blink song. Yep, that is from their uh, 2016 California album with right. the Matt Skiba stuff. Right, right. Okay. All right. We got two more rounds. All right. All right. So I can I can still win this. Yes. I just got to get everything right from here on out. All right. Here we go. Bohemian Rhapsody. Calisthenics. Blowjob. And Man Overboard. Oh, my God. Uh, calisthenics. Yes. You are correct. <laughs> yeah. I knew Bohemian Rhapsody was, was real. Uh, a blowjob had to be real. 
There's no way it wasn't. <laughs> All right. And the last one, this should be a little bit easier. Feeling this? I know. Yep. Okay. Can't get you more pregnant. <laughs> Does my breath smell? Oh, my God. Or story of a sad guy. Uh, it all hinges on this, too. I have to get this one right. <laughs> well, I know it's not feeling this, but everything else is kind of up in the air. Oh, I'm going to go with story of a sad guy. Correct. It's called story of a lonely guy. All right. All right. <laughs> yes, they have a song called Can't Get You More Pregnant. Yeah, that, that seems accurate. <laughs> That scene, but that call. I've never ever... even heard that song before, and I looked at it and went, "They really named a song." <laughs> okay, sure. That could have also been a fake out. So I was just, I was, I was, I was honestly guessing. Right, right, yeah. No, story of a lonely guy is the actual name. So I just changed right the name. See, it's fun being on that end of the. What have we learned, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I when I get to try to fake you out, right. really, yeah. See, and the, the funny thing is, is that this is how it works when we play video games too. He's always like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go moderate. I'm going to be, you know, sort of chill with it. Make sure she can still somewhat win. And me, I'm just like, I want to fuck you over so bad. I'm going to see if I can make you lose. I have had to, it's so funny. I have had to, to like <laughs> teach you that we're a team, even when we're competing against each other, whether it's Mario Party or Mario Kart or even Smash Brothers. I've had to teach you that it's like, no, no, no. We're a team until it's just me and you. Yes. And then let's go for the throats. Yes, because uh, I'm better at giant Jenga than you, and you don't seem to believe me. No, I don't. I don't think that's accurate. I'll be honest and say you beat me in pool when I when I talked enough smack about it. But... That's true. <laughs> that's very true. So we're gonna get to our serotonin boosts. It is. Um. So would you like to start? I. It's up to you. Do you did. You go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So I have I have a visual aid this time around. So if you are watching our YouTube video or watching this live, uh, you can see this. But I got this box. I'll hold it closer to the camera. It's too bright to really see. But um, <laughs> like, oh, it's going to fall out. <laughs> so that is the grunge tarot box. I was at a uh, sunset. Uh, was it sunset? I forget. I, I, it was a party that they did for Cannababe, which um, is a group that does cannabis-based events in Detroit. And I found this box from a metaphysical shop. They had like a little table out. And so I was like, oh, my God, I, I need this immediately because if I don't get it, I'm going to think about it for the rest of my life. So when I got home, we went through it and it's got 78 tarot cards that are all based on grunge music stuff. So there's Curtin here. There's Eddie Vedder. Uh, there's Alice in Chains. It's it's a really fun time. And so I I am starting to do this little thing where like I just collect really funny tarot cards. Right. After Fred, our friend Fred bought us um some wrestling tarot cards, which, which if you can see back here, I've got them lining the walls here and then up higher. I actually have some as well. Yeah, well, have so, to do like a for social media, you have to do like a close up and scroll by. Them. Yeah, I have you to. Guys, yeah, you guys can see there's something back here, but I don't know that you can actually tell what's right. Back. Exactly, those are really fun. So I'll have to post like some of these and some of the wrestling ones, and you guys will get a get kick out of it because I have two boxes of the wrestling ones. So yep. one is on the wall, and then one is actually in the box. But yeah, this this was really exciting. I've been, as I told you guys, probably at the beginning of the podcast, I've been really obsessed with just 90s music lately. And I listen to grunge way too much now to the point of I'm probably making you sick of it. So, <laughs> I was jamming to Space Hog earlier, which almost was my serotonin boost today. That's so. where I grew up. So as we were saying, that's the whole theme of this episode is how old I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, there you go. That, how old is Chuck is the title. Right. <laughs> uh, my serotonin boost for this week is a television show that we actually just finished up hours after recording last week's episode. It is on Disney+. Plus. It is the Muppet Mayhem show, which is about Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. A, uh, I believe it's a 10-episode show. Yep. They're half-hour episodes, and it's about uh, the band getting their first record done ever. 
Yeah. In 2023, there's a bunch of guest uh, spots. Billy Corgan is in the first episode. <laughs> Setting up a wrestling ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it gives you fun backstory to all the members of the Electric Mayhem. Like there's, I remember Zoot, the guy who plays the saxophone, but they've got a trumpet player called Lips that's apparently been there the whole time that I had no idea who, he was there. And he was talking like this. <laughs> He's kind of got the Swedish chef thing going for him, but but as a musician and um, uh, Zoot has a lot of jokes that hinge on really stupid, repetitive jokes, but they're funny because of how they're done. Yeah, it's not. He's not quite a stoner. He's just like he he's not quick mentally. Well, here's the thing: is that they have made mention to like the '60s and the '70s and the '80s. Absolutely. So they have indicated, and then there's a whole episode where they technically are tripping, but yes. they're not actually taking drugs. But it's supposed to indicate that they've done this before. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. There's it's, Tommy Chong and Itchy uh, Marin pop-up and it's are in there. because all of the jokes, while being not sanitized is not the right word, while being family-friendly, are still really solid jokes. Oh, yeah. They're still really, really genuinely funny. And the story is compelling and the... The human characters that they have in it are, are really good. Lily Singh has some great facial expressions, as you'd pointed out. Yeah, I could, I think they cast her specifically because she looks <laughs> kind of puppet-like, like she gives very good facial expressions. And and Taj Mori, who you may or may not know from Tia Tamara's uh, little brother, he is like one of the main characters as well. And it was cool to see him after all this time because he was definitely like one of those Disney Channel-esque Right. It's back in the day. So I haven't seen him act since he was a kid. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. The music is fabulous, which it absolutely has to be if you're okay. talking about the Electric Mayhem. And the album is on Spotify. You can stream it, which uh, I got to say, when I heard the new version of Can You Picture That, as soon as I realized what song it was, I, was, I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, this is the song. And Animal's backing vocals are great. That's yeah. your favorite so, part. Yeah. So they do a cover of the Beach Boys, God Only Knows, and Animal actually has a harmony in that because it's a Beach Boys song. You hear Animal in the back going, God Only Knows. <laughs> and it's I just want a version of it with Animal's background vocals in the foreground so I can hear him all the time. And this rubbed off on me because I was obviously watching it with him, but he took that soundtrack and was listening to it in the car and then comes home and goes I was sitting there trying to go well alright and then because he told me this the next day I had it on and then I was like sitting in the car by myself and I'm like I wonder if I can do it can I do it Yeah. and then I I did it and I'm just like I feel so dumb right now, but it's so fun. It's the Dr. Teeth. No, it's it's his catchphrase. And it's really fun if you like move your head around like you're a Muppet and do it. Uh, I'm trying to make sure when I play Fortnite and stuff, because every time I actually win an exchange with somebody, I'm like, whoo, and I'm trying to stop myself from making that noise and instead go, well, all right. <laughs> I also keep quoting Janice. And like, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Janice is kind of dark in this show yeah you you start realizing that janice has some weird backstory and she's really odd and very persistent yeah and uh it has become funny and she at one point has her own league not to spoil anything but they're called the for shirleyans and you'll you'll see how she has a cult yeah and so, like, that was rubbing off on me, and I know that I called my friend Quirrell, I called her fan base the Quirlians, kind of like aliens, and she goes, I'm stealing that, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I stole it. <laughs> so Now, if you haven't watched it, if you're looking for something in Disney Plus to, like, tie you over for the next Marvel or Star Wars thing, I recommend it. I think it's probably sent me down a Muppet rabbit hole that I'm going to be in for a while, probably because they got the Muppet show on there, and they got all the old movies, and like... I think when when I'm looking for something to watch, I'm probably going to be like, oh, I haven't seen the old Muppet caper since I was a kid. Let's watch that. Yeah, I was talking about how I kind of re- want to rewatch Muppet Treasure Island because Tim Curry is in that. Um, at Christmas time, you got to watch the, the Muppet Christmas movie where they do the Ebenezer Scrooge and stuff like that. But I really just want them to put that one they had on in like the early 2000s on streaming services because that's the only one that I like can't seem to find. And so every time that I get in like a Muppet mood, I pull up Prince when he was the formerly known as Prince on The Muppet Show. And it's 
If you if you want to go on YouTube and watch that, that is amazing. <laughs> Good stuff. And that's going to do it for this week's Really Big Fan Podcast. Thank you, as always, to our guest, Sam. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Twitch on uh, Wednesday mornings at 1130. Of course, you can check the rerun at 7 o'clock Wednesday night. It'll drop on YouTube the following evening on Thursday. And then on Friday morning is when you can get the audio version of the podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media at Really Big Fan Pod. And follow us over on, uh, I almost said Discord, on Patreon where you can uh, give us a little little cash to make sure that we can uh, continue to do this show. And I'm already talking to uh, some friends of ours about maybe doing a Patreon-exclusive show. So uh, that's something to look forward to when it comes to the really big fan pod. I'm going to throw in a little uh, promo ad here while we're wrapping up. We have a show that's coming up that uh, our buddy Shawnee Constant is putting on. It's called the Friends of Matilda Present Summer of 23, benefiting rescue and community animals. It's uh, benefiting all about animals, misfit angels, dog rescue, and together we save. It's going to be at the Tangent Gallery on Sunday, June 11th from 2 to 10, and it's going to be all ages. We've got the Lily Livers, Elrad, Antimatter, Sharik, Randy Bastards, and Bathroom of the Future plan for 10 bucks as a suggested donation with a cash bar and some raffles. So if you can make it, come through, help support some animals and support our buddy Shawnee and all of these awesome bands on the bill. And hopefully we'll get Sean on here before the show so we can talk to him about it a little bit more. But I just wanted to throw that in before we wrapped up today. Uh, If you need this information, I will be posting it on our social medias, which you can find at acronymis.com slash reallybigfanpod. Okay, so one of the songs that they covered in this uh, this Muppet, Muppet Mayhem <laughs> soundtrack is Bridge Over Troubled Water, yeah. which is a great song. I, I There's like a Johnny Cash version of it that I absolutely love, but Floyd sings it, which is great, except that usually the singers are like Floyd and Dr. Teeth. Yeah. And Dr. Teeth has a lower uh, timber than Floyd does, but there's a high harmony in it that is not Floyd. And I started going through like they they it seems like they were really good about continuity wise about like who's doing what parts and vocals and making sure there's trumpet and saxophone parts in like every song. So I start going through in my head. It's like, well, it can't be Animal and that's not Janice. And and then there's a saxophone part going on behind it. So it has to be lips. <laughs> but so you can understand lips only in song. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Plus, it lives my TED talk. Yeah, and yeah. like, but then there's this high harmony going on over Floyd's voice, and I'm like, who is that? Well, maybe it's like when British people sing, and then they sing in like normal—they're not normal, but like accents. You don't really hear like Adele's Britishness when she's singing, and you don't hear it in the Gallagher's when they're singing. You do hear it in the Gallagher's. That's what I was well, going to say. Okay, what is a their little excuse? bit, a little bit, but Baby. it's yeah. Well, I mean, you have that with Canadian people too, you know, like right. But but there are a lot of people that they don't sound British right. when they sing, so maybe it's just that lips doesn't sound like lips when he sings. So with that in mind, where is Mark Hoppus from? What? Is that the right guy from Blake 182? Oh, you're no, you're talking about Tom DeLong. Where is he from? I don't know where Tom DeLong is from. How do you sing like that? How about you ask him? <laughs> where are you? Where are you? Hello there. <laughs> <laughs>